What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, and welcome to this bonus episode of the Prescription for Purpose podcast. I'm so excited to share this Bible study all about navigating trauma, transgression, and the dangers of unforgiveness. This was such a a good topic, but I wanted to make sure that I approached it with a level of grace, humility, love, peace, patience, kindness, you know, looking like the Holy Spirit. And also there's some light rebuke in here about, hey girl, this is why you can't be unforgiving, okay? Because this is what God had said about it, period. Um, But before we hop into it, girl, it's February 19th. That means tonight, tonight, I'm going to be kicking off our seven-day free challenge in the society, the Excuses to Execution Challenge. Click the link in the show notes. I promise you, you do not want to miss this. You get two weeks free in the society, so that means that you get to do the challenge, and then you get to do another, you know, say another week free. Like, girl, what is you about to miss out on? Everything, if you don't click the link, okay? So make sure that you are there in the space and in the place with us tonight. I'm kicking off the challenge where we're going to be talking about the ABCs to strategic execution. It's going to be fire. We have prayer call every weekday. So starting tomorrow morning, girl, I'm going to be on prayer call. We're going to be on there at 6 a.m., Okay, we're going to be doing everything that we need to do. We're going to be giving what we supposed to have gave to the Lord. And I'm so excited because this is going to be a week of us doing everything that God has called us to. I'm excited that, you know, we're just in a position and in a time where we can have women all over the world get together and to be able to not just grow spiritually, but also learn how to navigate this life together because the word is so, so practical. So make sure you click the link in the show notes and you get connected with us there. Now, without further ado, girl, let's get into this Bible study because it's everything that you did not know that you needed. Okay. This is all about navigating transgression, trauma, and unforgiveness. You are now tuned in to the Prescription for Purpose podcast, the number one podcast for Christian women to learn how to apply God's principles to fulfill your God-ordained purpose. Every episode will empower you with the tools and wisdom necessary so you can strategically execute and excel in every area of your 
place for you to learn how to walk in purpose, to walk with purpose, and to fulfill God's purpose. What's up, y'all? Happy Wednesday. I am live for Bible study, y'all, on Instagram. Um, super excited for tonight's session. I missed the session. And so here I am. Y'all ain't gonna miss nothing and nothing um, because I am here on tonight to catch y'all up to speed a little bit on what we've been talking about in the society um, as we've continued this session or this uh, study on building unrelenting faith. So if you were here at our first session of the year, we talked about how, you know, a lot of times we think that when things go left, it's because we've missed God. That is not true. And tonight we're going to be talking about trauma, transgression, and unforgiveness. And so if you are new here, I'm Dr. Charlotte Walker. I am the host of the Prescription for Purpose podcast. Um, I also teach Bible study. I'm a host of the society. We have an app. You can do all the things and like and all of that. But most importantly, I love teaching God's word and I love making it um, something that's applicable or really it's already applicable, but us helping us facilitate us navigating through this being. Um, oh, thank you so much, friend. Um, this being applicable to our life. So tonight we're talking about trauma, transgression and unforgiveness and when I talked about this in the society, I love to lead off with there are a lot of times where in the church we talk about trauma, transgression, and it minimizes the pain that people experience. And so I want to start this by saying by no means is this to minimize your pain or your trauma this does not minimize um or not this is not a space for you to like compare your traumas because trauma is whatever you say it is we have a thing in um healthcare where we say pain is whatever the person the person says that it is right and so it's so important that we treat our emotional pain the same way pain is whatever you said it is now although many of us are not um, responsible for the things that happen to us, we are responsible for dealing with it. It's like the unfortunate truth, right? We're not responsible for the things that happen to us. We're not responsible for the abuse. You're not responsible for the assault. You're not responsible for any of that. We do have a responsibility to ourselves and to those around us, though, to make sure that we navigate these things in a healthy way. And we have to also remember, like, this ain't the trauma Olympics, okay? Like, something that was traumatic to you may not be traumatic to me, but none of that matters because we all need to set all of this at the feet of the Father. And so I want us to make sure that we understand that it's our responsibility to navigate our trauma in a way that's healthy and in a way that honors God. It is our responsibility to cast our cares to God. It is also... Um, I want to address the fact that if you need help, like professional help, if you need a therapist, if you need medication, as long as you are led by the spirit to do these things and you are prayerful and these things don't become crutches or idols. Right. So it's great to go to therapy. I've been to therapy. I may circle back and go back to therapy because God has has multiple ways to get healing to us. And I think that 
there is a lot of shame that comes with talking about mental health as it relates to your faith walk. Like because you go to therapy does not mean that you have any less faith in God because you take medication does not mean that you have any less faith in God. And we really take this and we weaponize it um, when it comes to us talking about trauma, transgression and mental health in the church. But as a healthcare provider, I would never tell you that you need to pray about your asthma and not take your albuterol because you could die. Right. Like that's that's wild. <laughs> like that is wild that we do that. So you as long as you're remaining prayerful and you're seeking God's on what methods, because God can use any method to heal you. God can use any method that he pleases to to speak to you to work. And so we can't pigeonhole him to like him just pulling up and, you know, like touching the hem of his garment. He's not even here. Right. He can provide deliverance that way. But don't feel as if you have any less faith or God loves you any less or you're any um, less connected to God because you go to therapy or because you use medication. OK, would you tell that to a cancer patient? Girl, nah, you can't do chemo because girl. Stop playing. OK, and so I want to make that very clear as we talk about navigating trauma and transgression. Now, in our session, we had talked about the spiritual anatomy of our heart. Right. And so I have like this whole picture. y'all. It's a whole thing. I'm a I am a science nerd. I am a doctor in real life. And so um, I love to talk about how a lot of what God does is foreshadowed. Like God talks about the body of Christ and we, you can look at, hey, victory, you can look at our bodies and how each organ works together to sustain our body and to make sure that we're, we're at homeostasis, which means that our body's working efficiently in the way that it's supposed to. Every organ, every cell has a purpose. Likewise, we're like that in the body of Christ. And so when we talk about things like the heart, it's so important that we talk about what the heart is. Is, okay, your heart it is your moral, your moral and spiritual hard drive, and it impacts your cognitive activity, so that your thinking and your behavior. Okay, so it's your moral and spiritual hard drive, and it impacts your cognitive activity, which is your thinking and your outward behavior. This is why the Bible says that as a man, um, as like out of the heart, out of the heart. The mouth speaks, right? Everything that we do is based on the heart. A lot of times we think of the heart. Your heart is like your mind, your will, and your emotions. The the things that make you tick. It's your personality. And the way that your heart is set determines what you think and determines how you act. And so if your heart is far from God, then the fruit on your life is going to be things that are wicked. Because your heart is far from God. And so it's so important that we talk about... Um, your when we talk about trauma and transgression that we're talking about our heart posture because that's what's impacted okay like when your heart broken uh, this is what's impacted and when you look at the word mind in scripture anytime it talks about renewing your mind you never see this word written in the hebrew or the greek to where it's separate from the heart it's never exclusive of the heart. And so when you talk about navigating um, trauma and transgression, when you talk about dealing with the issues of life and having unrelenting faith, you have to talk about your heart health. The same way if your heart is unhealthy, if I have a patient that comes into my office and their heart is unhealthy and it'll devastate the rest of their body and their life, that is the same um, when we talk about our spiritual anatomy 
that if your heart health, if your spiritual heart is not healthy, if your spiritual heart, if you do not allow God to make it fresh and new, if you do not allow God to, um, you know, kind of get rid of the blockages and, and soften your heart so it doesn't become hardened. When you have hard arteries in your physical heart, you will have a heart attack. Right? Like cholesterol high. Your arteries get clogged. And you have a heart attack. The same thing happens when you allow trauma and transgression to kind of sit in those arteries of your spiritual heart. When you do not really go through the process of forgiving. And it's so important that when we talk about forgiveness and navigating transgression, we started with first talking about unforgiveness. Because it's easy to be like, oh girl, you should forgive. But I like to give you the why first. And so as we talk about trauma and transgression tonight... I want to, we're going to talk about and stop at the point of like, this is why unforgiveness is costly because we can't even, I can't, I have to present to you why it's so damaging to you for you to not forgive that person. Okay. Before we can talk about strategies to start forgiving. And so we'll talk about that in our next session, but I wanted to present something to y'all and this is, um, about like why trauma hurts so bad is because a lot of times God has given us free will, okay? Like it is the gift that he's given to us. We get the ability to choose. Adam and Eve chose to eat from the tree of good and evil. God has never taken away our ability to choose from the garden to to salvation. You have a choice to make. And a lot of times the reason trauma hurts so bad is because oftentimes when we are impacted by trauma, Our ability to choose is stripped away. And so it hits hard. Like the thing that happens to you, you have no choice in it. And so because you have no choice in it, because you didn't even get a chance to to reconcile what was going on. Like, hey, this didn't have to be like this. We could have talked about this. Like, sir, you didn't have to rob me. I would have gave you money if you would have said that you were hungry, right? But a lot of times trauma, it strips away this choice that God has given us because things happen to us. And so being brokenhearted, it speaks to just kind of like that that undoing that can happen when you're impacted by trauma. Because your heart is the cognition, it is your hard drive. When something happens to you that is traumatic and you're heartbroken, you literally can become unglued. Like you feel like you are spiraling, like you've lost yourself. And that is because it strikes to the core of who you are. And so it is not... I want you to I want us to normalize experiencing sorrow and grief as it in relate as it relates to trauma. It's okay for you to be sad. Because sometimes we have this like toxic positivity that happens in Christian culture where it's like, girl, I'm I'm blessed and highly favored. And that's true. Also, this situation sucked. (laughs) Like, also, I'm sad that this happened. Um, Not this past Sunday. Was it this past Sunday? I don't know. About a week or two ago, I got into a car accident and everybody walked away. Thank God for Jesus. It was on my grandma's birthday. It was just a lot going on. And I got into an accident. My car got totaled. I've been with my car for 10 years. Okay. I can be grateful that we all walked away. I have the ability to move my limbs that God was with me and covering me. And also I cried about my car okay I cried good tears to my husband about how much I love Knight Rider and she just has been a part of my life for the last 10 years and she gone 
Okay, like it, it, the, the grief and the sorrow that I experience is real. It's real to me. Okay, and she paid for it. And now I got to get a car. No, it's a whole thing. I'm grateful because God has revealed his plan, but you can still be sad. Like you can still be sad. Experiencing grief and sorrow is a normal trauma response. And a lot of times when we talk about us, um, you know, experiencing different things, and especially as being people of faith, we try to act like we don't need to have human emotions. Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane. He was experiencing so much sorrow and grief that he literally started, started sweating blood. So don't, we don't need to remove the humanness of being human. Being a believer does not remove us from our, our humanness. In fact, it helps us navigate it and understand it even better. And so I want first for you to just know, like, girl, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be heartbroken. But what you do in response to that is where we where we need to align with the word of God. Okay? And we oftentimes try to, we will harden our hearts as a means to protect ourselves. But we need to make sure that we understand that grief and sorrow are normal. You know what else is normal? Anger. Anger is normal after something happens. The Bible doesn't say that you can't be angry. It says to be angry, but sin not. What you do in response to the emotion is what happens, is, is what's important. It's not the fact that you got angry. What happened when you got angry, though? Jesus got angry. He went into that temple, baby. He saw them. He saw them in their exchange of funds in his daddy house, and he flipped them tables. And he made a switch and chased them out the, out the temple. But it's really about you, if you experiencing, when you experience grief, when you experience sorrow, when you experience um, anger, do you take it to God or do you try to, do you try to deal with it in your own hands? That's where we get caught up because the Bible doesn't say that you can't be angry. It says be angry yet sin not. So what are you doing in response? And God tells us, in Psalm 34, 18, that he's near the brokenhearted. And what I love about this scripture is that when it talks about um, him being near the brokenhearted, it expresses that not only the, the like the way that it's written, the verbal construct of it is not that God is like just standing next to you. But when it says that he's near the brokenhearted, it's a, about you having an, a personal encounter with God that leads to a, a change in your situation. It's called an impact encounter, right? So when we talk about God being near the brokenhearted, when you have traumatic experiences, when we talk about um, him being close to us, I, I feel like a lot of times we see those, um, those memes where like Jesus has his hand on your shoulder. Think less of that. That's very passive. That's not what he's doing. Think more like, CPR, life support, your heart is broken and you came into the ER, clothes cut and we're doing chest compressions and pushing epi, okay? That's what I see. When God says he's near the brokenhearted, we're gonna have an impact encounter with him that is gonna change our situation. It's gonna revive us. He's gonna mend the broken heart. And it's not only says that he's near us, but he saves us. So we have this impact encounter and he saves us from having this root of bitterness. 
Okay, you don't want to allow bitterness to, to seep into your heart because, child, it's, it's a struggle. So it's important to know that we not only are being revived, but God will continue to save us, meaning that he'll give us a new heart, that he'll give us a new heart posture when we're navigating through trauma and transgression. Okay. Y'all, y'all, y'all follow me. Let me know in the chat because y'all awfully quiet. Y'all following me? Because we, we about to talk about transgression. And this is the part that's a little sticky, but it's tight, but it's right. I want us to know that transgression is like a fancy word for sin. To sin literally means to miss the mark. Okay. So if you, so people can transgress against you. The scripture says, forgive our transgressions as we forgive those who transgressed against us. So you are the transgressor and the transgressee, depending on where you at. Okay. We've all been the villain in somebody's story because none of us are without sin. Now, here is where we about to get tight and right. At some point, we have all transgressed against God. At some point, we have all committed some kind of sin against God. Sin does not not affect the Lord. A lot of times like, oh man, I sin, sorry God. But consider it like you assaulting God. Like you, like you, you trying to throw hands with the Lord <laughs> when we talk about transgression. At some point, all of us have transgressed against God. And what I found very interesting as I studied transgression was that there's two different types. There's unintentional transgression and there's intentional transgression. I am not going to attempt to, uh, to say these words in Greek that I have on my notes, but just know that one means unintentional transgression and intentional. Know that we're responsible for both. So the sins that you commit unintentionally and intentionally, you're still accountable. On judgment day, we are still accountable for those things. Okay? So just because you didn't know the speed limit was 40, if you get caught speeding, you're getting a ticket unintentional like i didn't even know the speed limit over here changed it's 40 now wow you think you're not gonna get a ticket for not knowing not knowing what the speed limit was no you're still gonna get a ticket because you still were in violation of the of the law and so it works the same way in the kingdom of god you can see this in leviticus 4:22, leviticus 5 15 Numbers 15, 24 through 25 and Romans, because I got to have a New Testament up in there too. Romans 14, 23. We are, we are responsible for the unintentional sins that we commit as well. And then there's the intentional sin. And it says that this is defined as the intentional stepping over of God's line. And it stresses the intentional nature of disobedience. There's a scripture in, in, um, in, First Samuel that talks about disobedience being like witchcraft. And so it's so important that we understand that not only do we experience trauma, we also are responsible for unintentional and intentional sin. The people who transgress against us, they're responsible, but we are also responsible too. And this is why unforgiveness is dangerous. 
Because if we choose not to forgive the people who have done things to us, right? Now, our unintentional transgressions, the things that we don't even know that we did, we, we are not forgiven for those things either. And that's a very dangerous space to be in. It's a very dangerous space to be in. We have to make sure that we are living a lifestyle of forgiveness, right? The Bible says that we're supposed to pursue peace with all people. And so that word pursue, it means that we, we're chasing after it aggressively. I need to be chasing after peace. Now, what we talked about um, this past Sunday and what we'll talk about in our next session is that just because you forgive somebody does not need does not mean that you need to be in a relationship with them. This is the mis this is the misnomer. Like nobody said that you need to be their bestie because you forgave them. Forgiveness simply means that you are not going out and trying to invoke your own level of punishment or judgment. When you look up forgiveness in the Bible, in the Hebrew and in the Greek. It means that we are not going out and trying to invoke our own level of judgment. That's it. It did not say that you and LaPookie need to be friends again. Or that you don't need to, you need to unblock his number. It don't say that. It don't say that. Wisdom. <laughs> There's still consequence to sin. Y'all know I love talking about how David, David had killed his baby mama husband child. There's consequence. But God forgave him. The consequences stood, though. So don't think that this is dismissing your pain, dismissing your trauma. It's you simply saying, you know what, God? I trust you as a righteous judge. You going to do whatever you going to do. And you can do more than I can do. But what I can't do is have no smoke with you. So I am going to forgive this person. And I'm going to ask you to navigate me through this. I'm going to ask you to, to heal my heart and to show me where my heart is hardened towards these people. Because I will not allow my unforgiveness or I will not allow what has happened to me to draw a wedge between me and God. So it's not about dismissing your pain. It's not about the person not being guilty or, or your, your claims being false. It's not about that. Forgiveness is simply you trusting God to do what he said that he would because he said that vengeance belongs to him. That's all it means. And once you understand that, it becomes a lot easier. But I wanted to talk about what trauma and transgression are because it's hard for us. Sometimes we use these words and we don't really know what it is. And the reason, hey, Triana girl, and the reason that you need to, you need to forgive people is less about them and more about you. Because once I found out, let me tell y'all, I found out in this study, like, wait, hold on, the unintentional too? Oh, nah. <laughs> no, sir. You will not get me out here getting in trouble for stuff I ain't even know about. Like, I'm going to repent every day. And I need God to, to forgive me as I've forgiven others. I am not out here. I'm not going to be out here living my life um, in a way that I want to. Like, I'm out here trying to get y'all. That's how we end up on the first 48. Okay? We see all kinds of, all kinds of, of, Things on social media, on the news, wherever the first 48 child, wherever you look of where people have tried to take vengeance into their own hands. And so forgiveness is simply saying, I, I don't even have to see what happens to you. I don't care. All I know is that the blood is off my hands. 
I'm not going to live my life in pursuit of trying to trying to get justice. Yes, girl, they be on the first 48 trying to get vengeance. And now now you need forgiveness. Because now you're imposing trauma, right? We are responsible for our own actions. It's us that is accountable to God. When we see him face to face at judgment, he's going to say, what did you do? He ain't going to want to hear about what little Pookie did. He going to deal with little Pookie. What did you do in response to what happened? What did Sharla do? Even when nobody was looking. In my head, the way it worked, it's going to be a big movie screen. And everybody going to get to see <laughs> Everybody gonna get to see what happened, and I'm, 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 nah. Fast forward. Can we get to the good part? Do the, do the thing because no, no. But we have to understand that when we are standing before God, He already knows the details. But His only concern and the only thing you can speak to is what you did and why. That's it. What, what did God tell you to do, and what did you do? And so it's important that we really understand this. Now, here's where it gets it gets even tighter, but it get right, child. I want to talk about the cost of unforgiveness because unforgiveness voids our ability to seek God's forgiveness for the sins that we commit, both knowing and unknowingly. You can check it out in Matthew 6 verses 14 through 15. It hinders our ability to communicate with God. That's in Mark 11:25. And then that lack of communication, it separates us from God, it separates us from his protection, and it separates us from the faith that he imparts to us, right? So if I'm not in communication with God, and the Bible says that God imparts faith unto us, and without faith, it's impossible to please him, that's Hebrews 11 and 6. Unforgiveness is about to keep me separated from God. What do I look like? So you think some little bald-headed, raggedy boy that has broken my heart is about to have me separated from my father nah we can forgive him we we good on that uh-uh nah Mm-mm. sorry to that man who what now that don't mean i don't need to go to therapy it don't mean i don't need to deal with the very real traumas but my determination to not be um separated from my from my father because of the actions of another person is always top priority if we cannot, if we are separated from God because he, he don't, light and darkness do not mix. And we can't hear, we can't talk to him. And it is in our prayer time that we get faith imparted into us. And without faith, we cannot please him. Girl, you better forgive. And it don't say forget. It says forgive. Because I need the lesson. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. God works all things together for the good of those who love him. So there's lessons attached to every situation that we go through. So I don't necessarily need to forget all of the things. There, there's some lesson that I'm sure I can take from this. Even if the lesson is trusting God in my heartbreak. So that's, that's the first cost. Now. The second cost and the second danger of unforgiveness is that unforgiveness leads you to be guilty of idolatry. Unforgiveness leads you to be guilty of idolatry. Okay. Y'all know I'm gonna give y'all a word. It says in my note, I'm reading from my notes. Unforgiveness dethrones God. Because it placed the unforgiven person on the throne of receiving attention that God deserves. You become fixated or more fixated on offending on the offending person and not God. Robbing God of occupying the first place in your life. You so focused on what on you trying to invoke revenge. That all you think about now is that situation, that person. Oh, when I see him, it's on sight. Sure. Have you seen the Lord, though? Have you seen the Lord, though? Because now we're talking about we're talking about idols. So we already said that it separates us from God. But now. Now we're in a space where we're practicing idolatry because the only thing that's on my mind is how when I see you, I'm going to give you a good, clean Peter, Peter, cut your ear off cuss. Why? That's all you think about. You make moves based on you trying to, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to show them what they missed out on. For what? It's become an idol now. We have to be careful. And when we talk about forgiveness, we don't talk about like, no, because if you don't, though. Now, Lil Ray Ray is taking away. He's living rent free in your head, and in your heart. He done separated you from God. And he he's minding his business. Don't care. Still being raggedy. The second way that unforgiveness has us practicing idolatry is that we make ourselves idols. So the other person's become an idol and also we become idols because we put ourselves on God's throne in a space to be able to judge and to pass out judgment. 
when the Bible says vengeance is mine. You about to run up to God and snatch something out of his hand. I wait. Because the answer is no. <laughs> Are you bold enough to run up to God and be like, nope, it's mine. He said vengeance is mine. So the minute that we decide that we're taking vengeance into our own hands, when we decide that we are going to, to do God's job, my water just fell. When we, when we decide that we're going to do God's job for him, we take something from God that belongs to him. He said, vengeance is mine. Deuteronomy 32 and 35. Oh, okay. It's dangerous territory. Not for them, but for you. It's dangerous territory for us not to forgive. Because now we we dealing with bitterness, we dealing with idolatry, we deal with girl. We have to be careful. God will heal our hearts. He, he said it. Not only does he does not only is he near us, not only does he guarantee this impact encounter, he's near the brokenhearted and he saves us, meaning that he gives us salvation, he restores us. He does those things. And also, we cannot get caught up with having idolatry in our heart because all we're doing is thinking about this situation or this person or we're thinking about how we can't wait when we see them again we got this 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 and that plan it it'll it puts you in a position where you're making yourself an idol and it puts you in a position where you're making that person or that situation an idol and it's a spiritual liability it is a spiritual liability because we all fall short of the glory of god we all sin. None of us are without sin. I don't care if you say, 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 say times a million. All sin and fall short of the glory of God. Intentionally or unintentionally. And we're accountable for both. And so are you willing? Is that situation? Is that person worth you committing spiritual suicide? Is it worth it? And when we sit back and we take the emotion out of it, the answer is no. There's nothing worth my relationship with God. Nothing. Hey, Michaela, girl, there's nothing worth my relationship with God. And so when we talk about unforgiveness and we talk about it being a spiritual liability, it hit different. Now, now I need to do the hard work because going through the steps of forgiving someone can be hard. That's why I'm like, girl, go to therapy, do what you need to do. But spare no expense because we got to we got to get up out of this. Because unforgiveness is too much of a spiritual liability for you to be out here just having it sitting in your heart and turning into bitterness, because that is exactly how you end up on the first 48. You, you end up on oxygen snaps. Now, sis, love the Lord. So what happened? When I was reading and studying, it talked about how anger and our and the you know us being angry it it has this mob like feeling that it gives us like it pushes you like no nah, we mad and it's true it'll ruin your whole day and so we have to be very very careful about what we do, what we allow, and how we allow 
unforgiveness to sit in our heart. We have to make sure that we're forgiving people. When people say that forgiveness is is for you and not for them, it's not cliche. It's biblical. It's for you, girl. I don't care if you never talk to them again. It's for you. And so we have to make sure that we don't take forgiveness as like a cuss word because it's not. It's freedom. Forgiveness is freedom for us. Forgiveness makes sure that we get a not guilty, <laughs> a not guilty when we get to heaven because we're going we gonna to sin intentionally or unintentionally. And so our willingness to forgive and to be judged based on the level at which we forgive is going to determine our freedom. It really is for us. And don't feel like now listen and hear me good because this is the part that got me. Just because you forgive somebody does not mean that God has. Okay? Because God forgives those who are repentant. Is it available to them? Yes. But if they are not repentant, they're going to catch the smoke. Just because you've forgiven them does not mean that God has forgiven them. Because if they are not repentant and do not have a repentant heart, oh, they're going to be dealt with either here or there. But I don't need to see it. Ain't none of my business. That's the kind of stuff you watch from a distance. I don't have it. I don't need to see it. I know it's going to be done. And a lot of times forgiveness to us feels like an injustice because like, oh, they're getting away with it. Girl, go back, read, read the Old Testament and the New Testament. You can't get away with nothing with God. Then people was talking about Moses and the Lord opened up the earth and it swallowed them whole and they all families because they was talking bad about Moses. No, I don't need to see it. <laughs> I don't need to see it. My only position is for me to get well. Right? When you talk about God being near the brokenhearted and saving, he, healing is, is for us. He'll heal us. He'll mend our broken hearts. He'll create in us a clean and new heart. So the only thing that you have to navigate when I talk about it not being your fault that it happened, but it's our responsibility to make sure that our trauma doesn't lead to us traumatizing other people. That's what you need to focus on. You cannot spend time focusing on what you would do. Why I ought to grow. No, uh-uh. Because then you'll be out of pocket. Now you gotta now you gotta repent and it's all this stuff. Because even if you do something, right? I talk about all the time, like, okay, yes, God forgives people. So if somebody kills somebody and they're repentant, gotta forgive them. You still doing 25 to life, real strong. Your prison ministry gonna be fire though. But 25 to life is your portion. Cause the consequences stand, right? So we need to make sure that we understand that when we forgive, it's not about us dismissing our pain. It's not about us dismissing consequence to transgression. Like, girl, didn't nobody tell you to go talk to Ray Ray? Don't get off this live and unblock Ray Ray's number. Hear me and hear me good. He still, he is still trifling. Okay? <laughs> don't, don't do it. The forgiveness is that you're not going out of your way. To try to invoke your level of punishment. 
But it does not mean that consequences are dismissed unless God tells you to. And that's between y'all. But I'm telling you right now, I don't know who, which one of y'all got a right, right? But sis, do not unblock him because that's not what I said. That's not what God said. It's not dismissing your pain. It's not dismissing consequences. It's simply, and it's not even us pretending like it didn't happen because we're real good about that. Oh, girl, we don't talk about that. No, we talk about it. Because we need to we need to pick up whatever lessons so it don't happen again. If Uncle Charles was out here uh, not doing right by people's kids, we do not allow Uncle Charles around the children still. Forgiveness or not, we use wisdom. So that it doesn't mean that we pretend like it doesn't have it hasn't happened. It's us simply not wanting to invoke our own level of punishment because we know that we risk. It's a spiritual liability, and we risk. Our relationship with God and we are out here practicing idolatry with us idolizing ourselves and the situation in the person so that's all I have for tonight let me know if y'all if y'all if this makes sense if you understand the assignment okay because forgiveness is going to provide your freedom and it's going to keep you within the will of the father it's not worth it it's not worth it any questions for me? Did y'all enjoy Bible study, y'all? Let me know in the chat if y'all enjoyed Bible study. I enjoyed it. I'm glad we circled back. Any questions? Any questions? She said, yes, ma'am. Forgive them, girl. Let them go. Just let, let them go. Elsa has said it. Let it go. Trying to say, how do you forgive without still being mad? Girl, because Ray Ray has tried it. Look, Ray Ray do be trying it. <laughs> Listen, so there. here's my advice in this. It's first, submit your anger to God. Like God know, let me tell y'all something. God knows. We love to talk about hey, God know my heart. God knows. So you can say, God, I'm angry that this happened. God released me from these words that were said. And also do not put yourself in a position to where Ray Ray can continue to try it. Because, see, we think forgiveness means that we are back in reunion, that we're back in fellowship with those people. No, that 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 those details are between you and God. Forgiveness does not mean that I need to be we need to be reunited. I can forgive you and you can still be blocked. But too often, and this is why I want to talk about this this um this, these misconceptions is because who had said no uh-uh. I'm not going to keep giving you permission. So now I'm putting myself in position to where I got to forgive you over and over again. And my heart is getting harder and harder. And it's getting like, no, 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 no wisdom. Ask God to release you from these words. And then you need to block Ray Ray and never talk to him again. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I forgive you, buddy. I don't have no harm, no foul. I'm not rejoicing at your pain. None of that. And also, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to have this, this relationship is a liability with my relationship with God. Right? And, and with people that you 
are that you have like familial relationships or family relationships, it can be even harder because we are related, right? But even with that, boundaries is the answer to that. You can forgive them and then you ask God to help you deal with these words playing over and over in your head. She said, I, on one hand, I might need to apologize too. Yes, if God leads you to apologize to that person, you can still apologize to them and still block Ray Ray. Hey, I realized that I was also part of the problem. Here's what I did. We don't have to have no long conversation, but also peace out. Too often we're not committed enough to our peace and we're not committed to enough to like radical like obedience to God because I will change my whole number. But sometimes the apology and the repentance only needs to happen to God. God know where he at. He can let Ray Ray know that you that you repented if he needs to. So it, it doesn't always have to be a conversation. You don't always have to confront the person, confront the issue. There are some people and some things like there are some apologies that you will never get. And you have to be okay with that. Some people aren't sorry for the things that they've done. They're wicked. And you still have to forgive them. And that's why you can't do it without a relationship with God. You can't do this without asking God to come in and to mend your heart and to do CPR and to do all of the things. Because the way my heart is set up and the way my flesh be trying to set up with my heart is like that. Nuck if you buck crime mob okay because she wasn't always saved bc before christ charlotte will come in the club shaking her dress throwing these bows and busting heads and that's why i need the lord every day every day every hour because we all fall short so i have to have enough uh, have enough knowledge about myself and be realistic enough to say you know what this is like the 85th time that ray ray has proven himself Mm-hmm. And so I need to believe him. I need to I do I need not to ignore the pattern of behavior. Just because God can change people doesn't mean that they will change because they have to want to. He does not do things against against his own uh, against our will. He doesn't impose his will upon us. Remember I told y'all he gives us choice. We can choose him or not. Yes, the question is like, God, I know, here's here's what I do. I always, when I am in a situation, I'm like, okay, God, show me me first. Because if I go to God, okay, especially me being married, I'm going to use my husband and me. What I've learned is that when I go to God complaining about other people, his first response is typically like, look at the woman in the mirror. Okay, shout out to Michael Jackson. And I'm like, how how I get in it? Because I came to talk to you about him. Now, how I get in it? <laughs> so this is why I say all the time, it don't matter what they did. Honestly, it's what did you do? Because we are called. We, like, you are still, if you, if somebody uh, um, kills a family member, we see this on First 48, and you turn around and you go kill their family member. Both of y'all going to jail. Do we understand? Sure. My mind can see why you thought that that was okay. 
But are y'all both going to jail? Very much yes. Because your actions, you're still, you're still liable for them. If God is leading you to say something directly, great. But the conversation that you need to have first, the person you need to talk to first and apologize to first is the Lord. God, I've been out here putting myself in situations where I know you're not in it. You told me, Ray Ray, you told me that he was not good for me. And I tried to say that the red flags you were showing me was the blood of Jesus. And it was not. It was not the blood of Jesus. It was red flags. And so let me repent because I ignored you. Let me repent because I disobeyed you. God, what things can what things from this relationship, when you talk about particularly like in uh in a relationship with a man, can you learn from? So in the next encounter, you don't fall in the same cycle. What things can you learn from? But a lot of times, because all of us have this level of like, uh, of like self, like of, of self, you know, like a little, little narcissistic on the inside, we, we really always try to position ourselves as like an innocent victim all the time. Now, I'm not saying that traumatic things hasn't happened. And there are some situations where you are just an innocent victim. But when we talk about arguments with some of these nappy-headed boys, men of God, people, okay? <laughs> when we talk about some of, the, some of that, now some of the stuff you knew good and well. Tell me, I'm shocked. Why? Why are you shocked? This is the 15th time that Ray Ray done showed you that he is not it. But we get so fixated on the life that we want and what we think is, you know, what we think should be going down that now you dragging this man to marriage conferences and God is like, why are you wasting your 997? I told you this ain't it. So we have to make sure that we do an introspective look and ask God to examine our hearts and to show us like, God, where did I mess up? How did we get here? Somebody called Deborah Cox because what? I don't have time for this. How do we get here? If God leads you to apologize to that person, then do it. If not, just repent and be done with it. Especially if it's going to be a, a contentious conversation to where it's going to just get you remad. We have to use wisdom. There are some conversations with people, even people that I'm blood related to, the like, you offended me. I don't need you to know that you offended me for me to forgive you. All I need to do is move different. We always want to, we think that confrontation always means that we arguing back and forth. You want to argue. I, I ain't arguing with you. Girl, my sister, I have a, a younger sister. She's um, not my baby sister, but my, uh, my sister in between us, my middle sister. She has a propensity to, to disconnect the phone prematurely when she feel when she don't like what you're saying, even if you're right. And she learned that that's a boundary for me. I ain't fuss her out. She just can't call my phone. <laughs> we just went through a period of like, uh-uh. No, I, that's really disrespectful. You you whatever you do. With the other three of us, whatever you do, Mama Neil, 
but you hang up on me. <laughs> that'll be the last, that'll be the last, that'll be the last call. Now, if something go wrong, she knows she can text me. But it's a boundary for me. And I ain't have to argue back and forth with her about it. Super disrespectful. Do not hang up on me. And so I'm not going to put myself in a position where I allow her to do it. And it had to be no big argument. It just was like, okay, we're going to set you in time out over here for a second. Because no, you teach people how to treat you. You can put boundaries in place. Boundaries doesn't mean that there's no love in place. Boundaries are boundaries. God had a boundary. Adam and Eve just broke it. He said, don't eat from this tree. That's a boundary. And they did it anyway. So he put them out. Boundary. Boundaries are of the Lord. Everything he tells us to do, these are boundaries. We see them as laws, but it's boundaries. We teach people how to treat us. My sister knows she could call me if she need me. She knows she, and guess what? She ain't hung up on me since. Because who you hanging up on? <laughs> That's disrespectful. We can disagree and get off the phone like adults. But also, I know that she doesn't have the capacity and the emotional maturity for us to have that conversation. So I just need to respond in love. And the best way I can respond in love without fussing you out is just for us to take a break. And that's okay. That's still my sister. I wish somebody would. I will knock somebody out for her. <laughs> but she ain't going to hang up on me. <laughs> we have that understanding. Like, we, we can love people. And have boundaries. Loving people does not mean that we willingly accept abuse. Forgiveness doesn't mean that we willingly accept abuse. Because mm -mm. that's not love. Love is patient and kind. All of those things. So even after my sister hung up on me, there was a um, when the hurricane happened in New Jersey and she was impacted by it. If you don't think I, I called my sister and put her in a hotel, because what? That's my sister. But we have an understanding that we don't hang up on each other. <laughs> nah, we can say, look, girl, I got to go because I don't agree. And that's fine. But you just click, click, hang it up on me. Mm -mm. Nah, the way that hit my spirit, my flesh, we trying to pull up. I ain't got time. <laughs> Any other questions? Do y'all understand why we have to forgive people? Work through your trauma, sis. Because it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Let me see if I missed any questions. Bro said, I have script. I have, uh, have a scripture in the back of my mind. Um... Like, if you know your brother has a grievance, yes, then go talk to them. Yes. So the Bible does say that if you have an alt against your brother, then you need to, like, quit. Like, stop talking to me and go make peace with them. And also, it talks about, scripture also talks about, like, if you have an alt with your brother and they repent, then you forgive them. If not, then you got to pull people into the church and this and that. And it's a whole process. I did a, um, on my YouTube channel, I did a video about, like, how to confront um, and rebuke people like rebuke and repentance there's a whole process but if you have an alt against your brother 
you may not, it may not be that you need to go have a conversation with them. These are believers that we're talking about. Not unbelievers, right? The altar gets your brother is somebody, another brother or sister in Christ. So if me and Treyana, if we have a situation, because I know that we both operate from the same standard, that we both love God and we both are operating in the, from the fruits of the spirit. I can call Trey up and say, girl, you have made me mad and I love you still. But can we talk about this? Yes. But but with Ray Ray. Mm-mm. My husband, yes. Yes. If I have an alt with him, I have to go talk to him. Ray Ray? No. Cause who who? Does he love does he love the Lord? The big thing about relationship and being in relationship with people who love God is that we operate from the same standard. We have the same set of rules. And it does not mean that we can't and shouldn't um, have relationship with people that aren't saved, right? Because this isn't a club, it's a hospital. So we want to bring people in. Also, Jesus sat with sinners, but he hung out with disciples. He sat with the sinners, but he wasn't kicking it with the sinners. He sat with them, loved on them, but the people that were in his inner circle, they were disciples. And so we have to make sure that we keep that in mind. Anyone else? Let me know all hearts and minds clear. I'm going to come back next week so I can get y'all caught up. Make sure if you haven't, um, we're doing a free challenge in the society from the 19th to the 26th. I'm going to be teaching about the ABCs of strategic execution. It's the excuses to execution challenge. So make sure that if you haven't already, sign up. It's a week long. It's going to be amazing. Okay. All right, y'all. I love y'all. My husband cooked dinner and I can smell it. So I'm about to go eat. Okay. And I will see y'all next time. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.